Baruch Haba, listeners. Welcome again. Thank you for joining us on another podcast. As always, I'm Scott. I'm Cooney. And I'm Brad. And this is not about us. All right. Hey, thank you again uh, for listening or viewing, I suppose, now, we should say. Hey. Um, and we'd just like to thank our special guest, Cooney. Hello. Yay. Thanks for you letting have... me come back. Yes, back. Absolutely. You have heard her before. If you've listened to all of our podcasts, she was on one of our conversation pieces, but you've never seen her. So, Hello. yay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, anyway, we are going to get into Genesis 6.3 and 6.4 today. Um, but before we start, uh, Brad, would you please, uh, invite Yahweh God in to run this thing the way he sees fit? Absolutely. Yahweh, Yeshua, thank you for this day that you have created. Oh, yes. And thank God it's podcast day. Yes. Thank you. Here we come together with a friend this time, special guest star to look into our origins in Genesis, to glorify you and celebrate you, to do our best to really make this truly all about you. Lord, we know you can glorify yourself in this if that's something you wish to do. So please, yeah, if you would be the honored guest as well. Oh, yes. And help guide us to the things that you want us to know, the things you want us to share with our viewers and listeners. And as always, we give you the glory we can, the respect we can, and the love that we can. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yes. Yahweh God, glorify yourself. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Um, so uh, briefly, uh, one of the reasons we do have Kuni uh, is because we are about to get into the Nephilim. Uh, and I, I've known Kuni uh, for a long time. What has it been? 40 years? <laughs> I think we're going on. Not quite. Not quite. Okay. Not quite. Close to 40. But uh, most of the time yeah. I've known you, I, I mean, mm -hmm. it was very early on that I know you had uh, of interest in the Nephilim. Yeah. I won't say you're the world's leading expert or anything <laughs> like that. No. But you've always been fascinated by the Nephilim and yep. you've done a lot of reading and study on yeah. your own, right? Yeah. yeah. So I True. thought this would be a cool True. thing for you to jump in and get, because I have not. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I know about the Nephilim. I know they are in scripture. I know they're the giants. And I, and, and I knew about them, but I hadn't dug mm -hmm. deep into them to know that much about who they were. So I thought it'd be fascinating to have your insights in on this. And yeah. feel free at any time to just jump in with whatever you want. Um, I will say that as I was studying this to prepare for this, so many things kept coming up. And I want to keep the Genesis study primarily focused on the on the verses in Genesis and find the hidden truths in them. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot that was coming out about the Nephilim that just, it, it was fascinating, it was cool, but it wasn't sticking to mm -hmm. this. So I moved that over to the conversation piece. So it's kind of kind of be Nephilim part one and part two is going to be in the conversation piece. So you can check that out when it's up too. Uh, so let's go ahead and, oh, go I ahead. I need to make a disclaimer. All right. Okay. <laughs> So I know you guys are into the the Jewish stuff more than I am. You you use the pronunciations in that. I say Nephilim, knowing full well that is probably incorrect. But I say it because it's how I've always said it, 
And, and as an American, that's just what I say. And I'm fine with it. <laughs> I'm fine wrong with, it, with that. But nothing I'm letting you know that. because if it'll probably be said multiple ways. That's just the way I say it. I'm happy with Nephilim. Uh, same way. That's the way I grew up with. And whoops, sorry. And uh, no, you're right. We we do try to point out the the Hebrew pronunciations and meanings a lot in here. But at the same time, recognize that most people don't. And so we use both interchangeably. Um, yeah. Adam or Adam, uh, Noah or Noach. Uh, you know, Great. we're going to use both. Uh, feel free to use either, whatever you want. Absolutely. And as always, when we try to do the Hebrew, um, or in my case, when I try to do Greek, we have to apologize. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because right. we don't necessarily always get it right either. Exactly. Right? Right. Um, we, we enjoy just because that's how we like to look into, we like to look into the origins of the Hebrew or the Greek words and those Absolutely. kinds of things. Right. But yeah, when we try to actually pronounce them, sometimes I'm sure we're definitely getting it wrong. So mm -hmm. as always, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I found out that there are like certain words in Hebrew, just like there are in English too. Mm -hmm. But if you pronounce, if you put the emphasis on the first syllable, it's a different word than if you put mm -hmm. the emphasis on the second syllable, even though the word sounds right. identical the way you say it. Right. So I, I could yeah. be pronouncing it correctly, but yet not emphasizing the right word and saying the wrong word. I, you know, uh, again, apologies for all of us. We, yeah. we don't speak fluent Hebrew even when we try to say things like that. So I just don't try. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so um, now let me start off. Uh, now this, uh, here's a note that I have that mm. uh, Cooney saw earlier that... Uh, it makes no sense. <laughs> it makes no sense. This is something... Um, <laughs> I was watching at, at work today. This actually came up this morning. There was an ad on TV, and I'm going to read you. This is what the ad said: "Stand up to further to, uh, stand up to further tooth loss." And my first thought was, "Why do I want to stand up to promote tooth loss?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, now, do you see why? I'm, stand, stand up. up. To, to further, further tooth, tooth loss. loss. Okay, yeah, yeah. Do you see what yeah. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now, do you understand what that was trying to say? Yeah. So yeah. the reason I'm making this point is because we're going to get in Genesis 6-3. I think it kind of does the same thing. It It's not incorrect in what it's saying, but I think a lot of people use it incorrectly for this kind of reason. Mm -hmm. My, you know, it's, that is a correct statement. Stand up to right. further, to, it's saying, stop. Don't, don't put up with, continuing tooth loss anymore right. but i heard it as stand up if you want to promote tooth loss <laughs> right, you know right and i'm like what what are they saying <laughs> so <laughs> so genesis 6 3 and again i use the hebraic roots version unless i'll specify otherwise genesis 6 3 says and yahweh said my spirit shall not abide in man forever for that he also is flesh Therefore shall his days be 120 years. Now the King James Version at the beginning says, my spirit shall not always strive with man. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I want to throw this at you. Um, there's sort of, you, you guys have heard, there's sort of a feeling like there's two gods in the Bible. There's the New Testament yeah. God who's loving yeah. and benevolent and caring. And then there's the Old Testament, I will kick your butt. Yeah. You know, I swear to me that I will, you know, mm -hmm. smack you around if you, you know, so much as mess up. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I've heard that. This is one of those verses that I think kind of feeds into that because there's a misunderstanding of the meaning. Just like, stand up to further tooth loss. And 
the, see if you agree with me that you can, you understand why. My spirit shall not abide in man forever. It's almost like God is saying, oh, I'm sick of these people. Mm-hmm. My, sp- I'm not going to do this forever. I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm so tired of this. And there's almost like uh, an idea that God is saying, my spirit is not going to abide in man forever. Therefore, his days are 120 years. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm punishing you for being so stupid. You know what I'm saying? There's mm-hmm. kind of that attitude here. Uh, now, I'm not saying you agree with it, but can you understand why people can interpret it that oh, way? Yeah. 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 So, and I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get why, mm-hmm. but knowing who God is and knowing that God is eternal, he exists outside of time. He has never changed. He's mm-hmm. always been perfect. He's always been love. The God of the old Testament is the God of the new Testament. It's he, he's not an abusive dictatorial, you know, condemning I'm having fun tormenting you, mm-hmm. uh, type of God. So I was like, what is this really saying? What are we talking about here? Now, it's kind of like, and and the more I read this, the more I started to see it as just like when God separated man from the tree of life. Adam sins and he says, you know, uh, we can't let man keep eating of the tree of life because in his sinful state, Man's going to have no reason to turn back to God. So he's kicking man out. That's a horrible thing. No, it's a loving thing. Uh, He's going to stay in his sin forever if we let him do this. Uh, When God tells Adam and Eve, don't eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It sounds like, you know, a lot of people take that as you eat this, I will kill you. And he's not. He's it's it's a warning. Mm -hmm. It's if you eat this, you will die. Mm -hmm. I understand what's going to happen. So please, because I love you, I'm telling you not to eat it. Right. I see that as what's happening here. I see God is making a statement uh, 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 in recognition of truth and not a threat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My spirit shall not abide in man forever for that he is also flesh. He's, it's recognition mm-hmm. that we have entered into a sinful state. We are in, mm-hmm. we're letting our flesh rule us mm-hmm. and we are slowly walking away from God and God recognizes this goes on and on and on. Pretty soon he's gonna be so far away, he can't see me and he's not even gonna be looking for me anymore. So I'm gonna limit his days to 120 years. I started to see this as grace and not punishment. I don't know, what do you guys think? Well, I see it different yet. Okay. Um, speaking of yet, so how I read it is, the Lord said, I'm using new King James, okay. which is like King James, just without the these and the thous, basically. Right. Um, the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is flesh. I can't, because he's gonna die. He's flesh, he's gonna die. Now, if you, it says yet, but if you take yet and see it as a, um, uh, what's the word? When, when one word stands for something else. Analogy? No. Uh, or a no. synonym? Synonym. If you use the word for rather than yet, say, for he is indeed flesh, for his days shall be 120 years. Okay. To me, he's basically just saying, I can't live with man forever because he's going to die. That's what I read from that. That's a good way to take it. It's just a general statement of fact. 
I also see it because it, it mentions that can't stay with him forever because he is going astray. I think the spirit of God is just so pure and non-sinful mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. wonderful yeah. that he, he just like the reason that we can't look upon a glorified divine God in mm-hmm. our sinful state. Yeah, I think it's a similar idea. His spirit can't. His spirit has a limit to how much it can take of our uh, fallenness, our sinfulness. Um, so I think what he's saying is, I can't, I can't stand with you forever while you're going down that road. Right. Yeah. You know. No. Right. And this that's why I love this because God, like, and we've talked about here. Uh, sorry, uh, not trying to explain things, but you know, no. we've yeah. been here for every podcast. You haven't them. What? <laughs> Uh, Maybe she has been. But we talk about how God is so immense and so amazing and so, you know, digging into one single verse in heaven and understanding Mm -hmm. it perfectly could take us hundreds and hundreds of years. Just And this is why I love this. Um, I think they're all right. I think everything that's been said here is I do too. I love the fact that you said God is saying, well, he's going to die, so I can't live with him forever. Mm-hmm. That's a statement of fact. God's saying, because of the sin we've entered into, right. death has entered into his life. Therefore, I can't have him for eternity yeah. because he's going to die. Gonna this is the recognition. He needs a savior to right. bring him back to life. Um, right. and, and like you said, you know, it's just death. It's like death and sin with Adam mm-hmm. entered in, but... It had shallow root. Mm-hmm. It wasn't deep. The more man keeps growing, now we've had Cain or Cain mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. killing his brother. Mm-hmm. Now we've got murder. And right. and Cain goes off, and we're going to talk about that. And we've discussed his lineage and how things got deeper mm-hmm. in his lineage into sin. And all of humanity is growing deeper and deeper and deeper. Now sin is taking deeper root and getting stronger in the earth. Mm-hmm. And I think it's God is saying... I'm recognizing man is running from me. Mm-hmm. I'm recognizing man is not seeking me. Mm-hmm. And if he stays in this sinful fleshly state, you're going to get to a point where mankind, not just an individual man, but mankind is just going to be done with me. Right. And, oh, go ahead. Uh, no, no, I like that point. I, the other point that I thought of too was, when you're talking about how some people look at the Old Testament God and say, you know, mm. he's a he's a wrathful, abusive, abusive. Yeah. yeah. I think for me, you know, 15 years ago that was me. You know, I thought of the old God or the Old Testament God as a much more because uh, there's statements like, "I am a jealous God. Mm-hmm. My wrath will come upon you. Yeah. I will completely destroy." I mean, there are these kind of statements, and you mentioned it. I didn't have, I didn't know him. I didn't know that was the same God because I didn't know him personally. Right. But I think it's easier. It was definitely easier for me when I first started out reading the New Testament because I could see myself in Jesus. Mm-hmm. He was living mm-hmm. as a human. He had human uh, emotions and experiences and all of those kind of things. It was easier for me to uh, to go, oh, I understand. I understand yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to quantify a, you know, omnipresent spirit creature, you know, it's really, yeah. it's, it's, it can be mind boggling. And so what you do is you look at all these statements and you try to figure out who that is and what he, mm-hmm. what his goal is and what he wants from us. And, and when you read certain passages, yeah, it can be a little 
unnerving if you don't actually know who he is and what his motives are and why he does the things he mm-hmm. does and that it all stems from love for us and his creation. Yeah. Now, as we talked about before, in the Old Testament, spirit wasn't indwelling within us. So God couldn't teach us truth. Holy Spirit did not live in us. We could not know spiritual truth. So he limited everything that he did to physical manifestations as examples to help us to get it. You know, he limited to only what we could understand. Right. And so I think a lot of what God does in the Old Testament is because he's limiting it to the physical, where in the spiritual, he might be saying, uh, Cooney, that thought of hatred you have in your mind, put that to death. Where in the physical, he would say, that person who is hating everyone, put them to death. You know, we might have things like that where we see God as, oh my gosh, he's, God's brutal and whatever. No, it's, it's a physical representation of what was, of what mm-hmm. his, what is really meant to be portrayed. Um, and I think that's kind of what is happening here. I think people are reading this as, mm-hmm. oh, look, God's just, God's just going, humans stink and I'm done with them, you right. know, instead of going, no, 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 humans are running from me and that's causing me distress. Right. Uh, so out of love, I'm going to limit them. Now, to, to verify that, you know, I mean, I started to get into the Hebrew roots of these to see if that taught me anything. I'm not just going to go, yeah, that's what it means. I'm right and move on. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. So now we talked about a little about this. Uh, uh, we had we had dinner about a week ago, and I've already gone over a little bit of this. So, yeah. so Brad, yeah. this is going to be new for you, but I've already discussed some of this with you. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. So my first thought, I wanted to look into forever which in the King James or New King James is always. Uh, no, it's forever. Oh, if it is forever it is, in yours. Well, okay. it is forever in mine. King mm-hmm. James was always. New King James it's went to forever. forever. Um, so this word, you know, it's like, because I was thinking, does God, is is he honestly saying, I'm not going to be with man for all of eternity? Mm-hmm. I, you know, it, eternity with man is not going to happen. It's going to end at some point. So I want to see what is this word forever? It's Strong's Concordance, number 5769. The word is pronounced Olam. Now, it comes from Strong's Concordance 5956, Olam, which means to veil from sight. In other words, to conceal, literally or figuratively. So think, we've got the microphone right here. If I take a blanket or something and cover it up, uh, well, don't put it because then they won't be able to hear us. <laughs> <laughs> the reason but. that's there, by the way, is because we're hoping to convince a cat to lay down here because we figure <laughs> you want to see them more than you want to see these faces. But Of course. <laughs> that's, that's only natural. So if you have a cat, send it to 543. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so this, this word, it comes from all lamb to conceal. So if you take a blanket, put it over, you can't see it anymore. It's concealed. So olam, the word for forever, comes from this word meaning to conceal. And the prime definition of this word is concealed, which threw me. I'm like, what? Where did we get forever from concealed? So as I looked into it, it meant concealed. In other words, the vanishing point. And we kind of talked about this. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. think about it like you're standing on a river and there's a boat, and you're at the dock, and the boat takes off, and you watch, and the boat just keeps going down the river, and eventually it leaves your sight. It can't be seen anymore. The boat still exists. The boat's still out there down the river or now in the ocean or whatever, but 
for all practical purposes to you, it no longer exists. Mm -hmm. It's gone. It's concealed. It, it's, it's out of sight, out of mind. So this word concealed can mean forever because it can also refer to time, past or future, that is out of mind. In a practical sense, eternity. So that's where they get the definition forever, but the word actually means concealed. Mm -hmm. So that fascinated me because kind of like what we we're just talking about is that like man, and I had, I had this idea before I looked up this word, man is just walking away from God until the point where it gets too far. And then I read this, I'm like, oh my goodness, mm -hmm. that's what it's saying is, is God is saying, uh, I will not abide in man concealed so that made me think because i just replaced the word concealed with forever and that gave me the impression of god saying look if i live in you i am the light of the world i will not be hidden you will mm -hmm. not put me in a box to use me as you see fit when i come i come to rule not to just hang out with you i'm not your genie that mm -hmm. you can pull out and say i wish for something now he said i'm perfect you're not when I come, I'm going to make you perfect. And by doing that, I'm going to analyze your life. I'm going to tell you where you're wrong so we can correct it and make you more perfect. I'm going to tell you where you're right so we can strengthen that and make you more perfect. God says, I'm not going to be hidden when I come to dwell. So God's saying, my spirit shall not abide in man secretly, hidden, concealed. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you guys think about that. I've mentioned it. A few times on the podcast that I thought limiting our lifespan was a mercy anyway. I'm now mm -hmm. starting to see um, how, in a way, uh, that was good for God, too. Uh, you know, yeah. the longer we have, the more potential that we have to walk away. Yes. And so it's, it's a mercy for us that, you know... Because that's what, even though we weren't living forever... We were living to nearly a thousand years and we had enough time that people were just engaging in their selfish lusts and their hatred and their whatever long enough that they just imagine just walking. Oh, that's nice. I'm going to go look at that. Oh, oh, God, God's still there. I can still see him. Mm -hmm. I'm I, God. I'm oh, oh, what's that? Oh, I'm going to look and they go further and further away mm -hmm. and they turn. Hey, God. Oh, oh, wow. God's further back, but I can still see him until you get to the point. We're mm -hmm. no longer even turning to look for him. Yeah. You know, time goes on and, and you're right. If we have our own mortality staring us in the face, it actually helps us find him. Mm -hmm. We have to face that we're imperfect. We're, we're going to die. And I think it helps humanity. I used to pray to God to help me number my days just so I haven't, you know, cause, cause it will help me. If I know that, if I knew that I only had 30 days, mm -hmm. then the enemy would be in trouble because that would be the most powerful 30 days of my life. And which, which self-convicting, that means why am I just not doing that? You know, yeah. but yeah. if you, but if I knew, man, I only have 30 days, fine. That's going to be the most powerful 30 days yeah. ever. It's like, what do you care if they fire from your job? Mm -hmm. What do you care if, you know, all these things happen that mm -hmm. you're worried, we're all concerned about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had another point. I think I forgot it. So okay, can... well I'll go on. My next, the next word I looked into uh, was, and by the way, I'm going to do the word pictures at the end. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just do the definitions and kind of connect the whole verse. Then I'm gonna come back to the word pictures here. But abide, 
which in the King James Version, and strive, strive right? Strive. So abide and strive. This is Strong's Concordance number 1777, and it is pronounced Dean, or it can be pronounced Dune, but it's they're both Hebraically, it's spelled the same way. It can just be pronounced either way. And this means, and, and this is so cool because what I just shared with you about God coming in and saying, mm-hmm. when I come, I come to rule. Mm-hmm. I, I had come up with that before I did this. And what do I find? The definition of this is to rule. Hmm. So God is saying, and it's to rule as in, by implication to judge as an umpire, uh, to execute or minister judgment. Now where they get strive is to strive as at law. So it's like God pleading his case. And so that makes this verse say, my spirit shall not rule in man concealed. I am not going to be, and it kind of reinforces that to me. I will not, I need to rule. I'm the light of the world. I will not do it hidden. And any thoughts? Interesting that revelation is the unveiling of Jesus Christ. He's not going to be hidden. Yeah. You know, I... Uh, and he's coming to rule. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that's, that's What are you saying? You're saying that Genesis and Revelation are somehow connected? Is that uh, what you're saying, Brad? It's possible. I don't, oh. I don't want to throw out any crazy what? ideas. Right. Right. Whoa! <laughs> right. Is that, I think that's sacrilegious. Oh, oh my goodness! Well, it might be. <laughs> to some people, to some probably. People, uh-huh. To some yeah. people, it might be. Definitely. But no, I just... I. I these are the bookends of the Bible, and it just it, it amazes me. The more we do this, the more connections mm-hmm. that just these two books have. And I know it's all throughout the whole Bible, mm-hmm. but these ones particularly, and particularly because these two books are the most abused as far as like Bible scholars and mm-hmm. and people in general. Right. Revelation yeah. and Genesis uh, are the most debated, most uh, attacked, attacked, ridiculed yeah. as as being fairy tales. Yeah. So I just I I just love it when when I when I for me I, I hope other people too, but I love it when I see those connections and it just helps reinforce that. Mm-hmm. This is all God. It's all God. It's all it's all God's story. Uh, we get to be a part of it. <laughs> but yeah. But when you look at it in that light, it makes it more clear that limiting us to 120 years is grace rather mm-hmm. than punishment. Right. It is. I love you so much. What What is important to God is our eternal futures, not this temporary situation right here. And uh, now, 120. What does 120 mean? He limits us to 120. He gives us a number. So I looked up, what does that number mean? Mm-hmm. Now, the number 120 itself means end of all flesh. And I believe what they get that is from it's this verse. Yeah. Because God's saying, I'm going to end his life at 120. So 120 means end of all flesh. But it also stands for a divine period of probation. And I thought, what a better way to define this life is this is a probationary period. You're either going to move on to freedom or you're going to essentially go back to prison for the rest of time. Uh, now, in Hebrew, the word or the, the number 120 is written 100 followed by 20, and they just add the two together mm-hmm. uh, in classic Hebrew. In modern Hebrew, it's written the same way we write our numbers. Sure. But in biblical Hebrew, it is kof, the letter kof also represented 100, and the letter kof represented 20. So they would have written kof, kof next to each other. 
And these numbers stand for fullness plus redemption. <laughs> so in 120, God was saying, I'm, what I'm giving you is the fullness of my redemption. I just think it's a pretty cool picture. Yeah. Yeah. Now, let's go back real quick and just do the word pictures to see what's, what's said here. This is pretty cool. Because the reason I wanted to separate it is because what we were talking about there is all part of this verse. Now, these word pictures, they're a part of this verse, but I'm taking just the word so it could mean something beyond what this verse means. So forever, like wherever it's used in the Bible, this word forever, it is Hebrew ayin, lamed, and mem, olam. And I I thought this was cool. Uh, now, in case you... I don't know how much you and I have talked about it outside of this, but these word pictures, you can get many different meanings and they're all legitimate. Okay. Okay. Uh, so for example, ayin can represent the eye. Okay. Uh, can represent, and because of that, it can mean to see or mm -hmm. to experience, to understand something. It can represent the appearance of something. You okay. know, all around sure. that. Sure. It can also stand for a fountain. Yeah. yeah. And I was confused about that too, but someone explained it. It's like when you're looking up, from a, a bird's eye view and you look at a fountain, looks like an eye. Huh. And, okay. uh, you know, so, so there's a lot of things. So you can take mm -hmm. any one of these words or others, meanings behind these, and insert them into the word picture. Okay. And they can tell, and they all, in other words, God's that perfect and holy. They all right. make sense. They all tell a part of the picture. Mm -hmm. So I always say the possible interpretation, because this is just one thing I came up with. I'm not trying to limit it to the only interpretation. I never want to say that. Right. But the cool thing that I saw in this, a fountain teaches us of a mighty stream. And what I saw in the word for forever, mm -hmm. and we also saw that it means concealed, a thing mm -hmm. because you know time goes on so far you can't see it. Right. It's like, you know, beyond a certain time, past and future, I can't even comprehend what's going on. But in the same way that we're talking about in the Old Testament, God limited physical examples to us to reveal spiritual realities. Mm -hmm. If I see a fountain, I can walk around the fountain, I can analyze it, I can see the streams, I can see the water, I can even understand it's circulating back in, I can see the whole cycle. Mm -hmm. That helps me understand how water moves. And when I go to the stream, if I walk, we're, we're living in Iowa, Des Moines, Iowa, uh, West Des Moines to be specific. Uh, well, actually, uh, this is, this is, we're in a weird spot where <laughs> you go one block over, we're in one town called Waukee. We're technically in Urbandale. You go another block this way, you'd be in Okay. Clive. Well, we're in the Des Moines area. <laughs> uh, don't want to get too confusing. We're in the Midwest. Yeah, there we go. But on one side of us is the Missouri River, on the other side is the Mississippi. A Missis the Mississippi is the third largest river in the world. So if I go to the bank of the Mississippi and I'm looking, it's massive river. I cannot see where it starts. I cannot see where it ends, mm -hmm. but I can kind of, so I can't experience it for myself mm -hmm. just standing there watching the river, but I get a better understanding mm -hmm. of where it came from and where it's going by looking at a fountain. And I, that can help me understand how the water got to where I am and where it goes when it keeps going. And that, I just thought that was a cool picture here of how our physical, temporal lives, we, God says, I can be seen in my creation. Mm -hmm. And how everything he did is perfect. He set up perfect examples in the physical 
to reveal spiritual truths. And I can see eternity by way of the limited example in front of me. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> sure. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. I just, I always love the beautiful pictures that the Hebrew word pictures present in my brain. Now, the other one was um, abide, which we, as we found uh, can mean strive in the King mm -hmm. James. And we found the, it also means rule in Hebrew. This was dalet yod nun. And, and I thought, and the word picture I came up with was the act of moving into the descendant. And I mm -hmm. saw that as the Holy Spirit abiding with us. It, is This is what he wants, mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. rule, to strive, to abide. Mm -hmm. and, and it's pretty self-explanatory. It's pretty straightforward, but I still thought it was a neat picture. Just written in that word was the, God, the act of moving into us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And it wasn't just moving into a house or something like that. It was moving into the descendant, mm -hmm. you know, the child of God. Yeah. I don't remember what verse it is exactly, but there's a verse where uh, it's a psalm and they basically say, Holy Spirit, take on my flesh. You know, uh -huh. literally become me. <laughs> yes. You know, abide in me. Uh -huh. I, yeah, I like that. And then the last one was 120. Kof, cough, and this was really cool. It's like God gave us 120 years because we were going to sin without him. We're, if we're going to keep going on forever, we're going to leave him. So by giving us 120, the word picture here is in the end, you will be lifted up. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated mm -hmm. that. It's yeah. like what God did was say, yeah, I'm ending your life on earth so I can lift you up with me. Mm -hmm. yeah. So That's cool. All right. Now, one thing I want to point out before moving on, I'm not going to get into it in any real detail here. I noticed there was a there was a ton of different ideas about how this 120 years, what what it was saying about. There are some people yeah. that say that Noah preached and built the ark for 120 years because of this verse. Oh, really? Yeah. There's some people that say oh. be, because what God was saying is, I'm done with man. He's got, he's, oh, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah. and, and he's got 120 years. Okay. And right. so they, what they interpret that is he was telling Noah, you got 120 years. Right. And then I'm going to wipe man out. Okay. And okay. I, okay. I, I can see that. Yeah. I can see where they would get that. Uh-huh. I personally, I'm not going to get too okay. deep into that right now because that goes off on a tangent. And yeah. quite frankly, I just don't want to go there. I personally don't feel it's that important. Maybe I'll change my mind and come back to it. But I, all I'm going to say is the Bible itself does not support that with timing, with whatever. We see that at the end of Genesis 5, it says, and Noah, Noah was 500 years old. It then goes on to say when Noah was 600 years old, he got into the ark and the floods came. So it does not specify 100, it never specifies. And God came to Noah when he was 480 or anything like that. People are just extrapolating that from this verse. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to sit here and absolutely say it's wrong. I'm not going to sit here and absolutely say it's right. Uh, I'm just, uh, all I'm going to say is this is the only place you can get that from. And I personally don't necessarily see it. No. I don't either. But 
I don't want to sound like I am the arbiter of all knowledge and that that is absolutely true. I'm just going to throw it out there and kind of let it go for now. Um, so now, Nephilim, here we are. Genesis 6, 4. Now, Hebraic Roots version. Uh, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of Elohim came in unto the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. The same were the mighty men that were of old, the men of renown. Now the King James says there were giants in the earth in those days. The Hebraic roots version is just taking the Hebrew word nephilim. The Hebrew word for giant is nephil. Uh, by adding the im, you pluralize it, that's all. So giant becomes giants, nephil becomes nephilim. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and as Cooney said, Nephilim, perfectly acceptable English version, uh, just like Jesus is an acceptable version of Yeshua. Totally cool, you know. Right. Um, now, first of all, I just, I kind of want to throw this out there. Genesis 1 through 4 felt to me a little more disconnected than anything we've had before. So when we're going through Genesis, it kind of says, here's a story. I'm going to tell you up to here. Story's done. Here's a new story. I'm going to tell you up to here. Story's done. You know, we have, here's the creation yeah. of the earth. Da, 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 da. Right. Here's the creation of man. Da, 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 da. Now mm -hmm. we had woman. Now here's the sin story. Eating, you know, mm -hmm. this one kind of feels like Genesis 6, 1 and 2 was the sons of Elohim came unto the daughters of women. They said, hey, they look hot. Let's take wives. Genesis 6, Genesis 6, 3. Um... You know, man's walking away from me. I'm going to give him 120 years. Mm -hmm. Genesis 6, 4. There were giants in the earth. It kind of feels like, bing, mm -hmm. bing, bing. Mm -hmm. Where are we going? Mm -hmm. And the more I looked into it, I realized Genesis 6, 1 and 2 and Genesis 6, 4 mm -hmm. are themselves a story. Right. The sons of Elohim came unto the daughters of men, took mm -hmm. themselves wives, and now they had Nephilim. Mm -hmm. They had, they had, and there were Nephilim, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of Elohim came in and the daughters of men. So there's a story. Mm -hmm. What God does in 6.3 is interjects. After the first part, he stops and says, okay, see what's going on here? I'm going to make a comment on it. And what we're going to see later, uh, not in this podcast, but uh, we're going to see in the next one, Genesis 6, 5 through 7, God's going to interject again. Mm -hmm. And he's going to stop and say, okay, now here's the whole story. Now I'm stepping in and making another statement about what's going on. So we'll see that. So it's not disconnected shots. Right. That, you know, uh, it, it is one story. But now I'm going to throw this at you because this is something I found when I was researching this. Okay. So I'm going to make this statement and I'm going to step back and let <laughs> oh, you guys oh talk for a bit on this. Okay. Because this oh one boy. threw me. This one threw me, and I'm, I'm not going to make a judgment or any kind. I'm just going to oh, state boy. what I found and what I heard. I'm going to let you talk, and then I'm going to step in and say whatever comes to your heart and mind. Seriously. I think he just needs a bathroom break. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Now, the Nephilim could be the sons of the angels and the women, or it could be the Nephilim had nothing to do with the angels at all, depending on how you read this verse. Now, the way we are reading it, the way I have been reading it, and the way I understand you guys to be reading, you can tell me if I'm wrong, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of Elohim came in unto the daughters of men, as saying the Nephilim were on the earth 
once the sons of Elohim came in unto the daughters of men and they bore children, those children that they had were the Nephilim, the mighty men of old. Mm-hmm. A st- uh, uh, one of the things I found out is there are some who believe that what this is saying is the Nephilim were on the earth in those days. And also after when the sons of Elohim came in unto the daughters of men and bore children to them, these Nephilim that were already on the earth were mighty men of old, the men of renown. So what they're saying is the Nephilim already existed before the angels came down to earth and and took wives. You guys have any thoughts on those two obvious different statements? I, I don't agree with the idea that they were there before. And the reason I don't is because we have to look at the context, right? Okay, so if, if we have to go back here, let's go back to, uh, well, verse 1 and 2, right? Okay, mm-hmm. uh, so let's go to 2. Uh, the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And God interjects with his spirit, striving with man. There were giants on the earth in those days and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them. So if they were there before, then why mention it at the exact same time as 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 what we're talking about? So if they were there before, they could have uh, said that in the creation story. They could have said, and God made Adam and God made Eve. And then, um, oh, hey, there were giants too. That doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. It could have brought it up, you know, Cain and Abel, they murdered each other because there was sin all around. And in fact, there was sin and there were giants in those days. There were Nephilim and they were bad creatures. Doesn't do that. It specifically mentions the first mention of them right here. And it also mentions it at the same time that they talk about the sons of God with the daughters of men. And I don't think that's just coincidental. I don't think it's just, hey, just to give you a timeline, because where we're at right now, that timeline doesn't mean anything to us. Oh, at the same time as the giants were there. What giants? We haven't heard about these giants before. So I think you have to look at the context of it. It's totally sandwiching that together for a reason. I, I'm in agreement, and, and here's why. Um, I believe, uh, like a lot of people, Moses divinely wrote Genesis. Mm-hmm. He's writing, he's not writing at the time that these events are actually happening. Right. He's writing this uh, in the desert, uh, while they're wandering, whenever. He, he's writing it during that time period. Mm-hmm. And so I think what, he, what he's saying here is... Um, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days. He's just saying to his audience in present time, and also us, in those days, they were on, uh, they were on the earth. And also afterwards. I think that's saying that after these events, they were still on the earth. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. we know that um, his band of Israelites very soon will go and face more giants. Right. So he's saying... In those days, there were giants, and afterwards, they're still they're, they're still, still around. Giants. Yep. Um, and then he's explaining 
their origin. When the sons of Elohim mm-hmm. came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them. Mm-hmm. Now, I can totally understand why some people might say that those are two different statements, but the way I see it is he's explaining he's explaining uh, who they were and gave them the, gave their origin all in this one verse. Right. That's how I see it. Okay. Yeah, I agree. With I that. also. This okay, is my ahead. yeah. Sorry, this is my own no, absolutely own thoughts. This is what I want in the matter. I think that, and we've talked about this briefly in previous podcasts that these sons of, of of God or sons of Elohim. I think that those are some of the Phoenician gods, some of the ancient Greek and Roman gods, and all of those kind of things yeah. that other people because uh, yeah. there was something about them that was special, unique, right. different. And people worship them. Yeah, I was going to get into that too here once we mm-hmm. well, we'll yeah. get into that. We'll get yeah. into it. Now, yeah. the, those are, that's my thoughts. I'm glad yeah. you said this. And the reason I wanted to do this, I'm in total agreement with both of you. I didn't want to say, here's my explanation. And then if you guys said, oh, I'm in agreement with you, it just sounded like oh, I'm following what he said. I wanted, <laughs> right. I wanted this to be, no, this is your thoughts came mm-hmm. out and I'm in 100% agreement. Uh, and so I came up with a couple things to back that up. One is that Enoch and other books that are outside the Bible Mm -hmm. that are also talking about what happened are in agreement with that. Mm -hmm. Now that in and of itself isn't like that we've talked about. They're not scripture, but they are historical books explaining what happened. Enoch 7.3 says, And they, the women that the sons of Elohim came unto, became pregnant and they bore great giants, Mm -hmm. whose height was 3,000 L's. I have no idea what an L is but Pounds. you know who consumed all the acquisition <laughs> of men and Enoch 9 8 says and the women have borne giants and the whole earth has thereby been filled with blood and unrighteousness so and we've talked about before uh, in uh, in the sons in the children the sons of Elohim being these angels uh, and and the whole debate on are they the lines of Shaith are they angelic beings? What is this? We mm-hmm. talked about if they're not angelic beings mm-hmm. and they're not the ones giving birth to these giants, where did the giants come from? Right. Well, I think this right. is how you. Why get... did they just happen? You right. know. Right. I think this is how right. you get stories like Hercules. Mm-hmm. You know. You I... are skipping ahead. Sorry. <laughs> we are going to get there, and I have things to say, but don't skip ahead. But uh, another thing is, Cooney. I'm glad you brought it up. Why mention it here? Why mention it here? Because not just, we have to understand, God, through Moses, gave us, the Bible says, every jot and tittle is in a perfect place the way God wanted it. Mm -hmm. The Bible is intended for every one of us. God knew everyone for the rest of future history, this was designed for, Cooney, he wrote the Bible just for you. Mm -hmm. Brad, he wrote the Bible just for you. Everyone listening, he wrote it just for you. And if this is... Oh, by the way, there were these Nephilim. They existed. Never going to talk about them again. Right. What What's What does it tell us? Exactly. Yeah. But if they're connected to these giants, they have a purpose. They have a story. They have something to tell us. Mm-hmm. Not just for history, mm-hmm. but for, again, the physical example. We're going to get into the spiritual realities. What do the giants represent? Right. Uh, but go ahead. You were going to say something else, I thought? Go no. ahead. I think now's the time. <laughs> You're good. No, I was just going to say, I like to say that if the Bible had a dedication page, it would say to you, insert your name here, love yeah. God. Yeah. And, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right. So so exactly. I'm glad you yeah. brought that up because if it's just, oh yeah, there were these other things, the Nephilim. Let's move on. 
What was the point of that? Right. You know? Right. So anyway. <laughs> no, no, now, no, 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 I'm not going to go there yet. Now, <laughs> the Nephilim. Let's get in this. It is Strong's Concordance 5303. And, and as we said, it means Nephil. Now, this is really cool. What do you think this means? What do you think? Just if, if you, we talk, we know who the Nephilim are. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so what do you think the meaning of the word is? If you just had to guess. Well, didn't you already say it was giants? Giant is a meaning of the word. Okay. But it's not the primary meaning of the word. And okay. this, the meaning, Nephil can also mean a giant. Okay. But the primary oh. meaning is a feller. Fallen. It's one, oh, you're close. Yeah. Fallen. It's, it's one who causes to fall. Okay. It's not, it's not uh, fallen. It's a feller. I see. Someone who mm-hmm. causes other things to fall. Hmm. So, so this is like, it's like a, a, um, a lumberjack mm-hmm. is a tree nephil, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. is a tree feller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, Ooh. so, and as the definition is a feller, one who causes to fall, it mm-hmm. can mean, uh, in other words, a bully or a tyrant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And from that definition, it can also mean a giant. So giant mm-hmm. is not the primary definition here. The right. primary definition is one who causes others to fall. And I, so I looked, where else is Nephilim used? You know what surprised me? There's only one other verse in the Bible. Yeah. So you knew that. Mm -hmm. I didn't know Mm -hmm. that. I thought Nephilim was much more common. No, it's not. And that's why there's not a lot to be found Uh on this subject. Now, it is connected to words Giborim and Raphaim. In Mm -hmm. fact, um, it is used later in... um, the only other time it's used is when the spies of Israel go into the land and yep. they come back and they say, there were giants in the land and we were like grasshoppers in their sight. Mm-hmm. The word Nephilim is used. Mm-hmm. Um, Goliath, for example, is never specified as a Nephilim, Raphaim, or anything else. He just The only thing it says about him is he was a champion of the Philistines. Mm-hmm. But all four of his brothers... And his father are defined as Raphaim, mm-hmm. which all which can also mean giant. Right. So all of these words can mean giant. So I started asking myself, why did God decide only in these two spots to call them Nephilim? Mm-hmm. And we're going to get numbers. Well, we'll get in that in another time uh, because that's, uh, again, outside the Genesis parameter. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, I started looking, since I couldn't look at Nephilim elsewhere... Uh, this word, as someone who causes to fall, mm-hmm. comes from, uh, did I say, anyway, this is, Nephil is Strong's Concordance 5303, if I didn't say that before, sorry. But it comes from 5307, nafal, meaning to fall, right? So it comes from the verb to fall. Mm-hmm. And so I looked up other words, versions of that, and it's all over the Bible. So there's right. there's a rule called the the rule of first usage. When it's very first used in the Bible, go back to that and see how it was defined. Mm-hmm. The very first time is Genesis 4-5. And this is uh, Cain and Abel have just made their sacrifices to God. God has respect on Abel's. He has no respect mm-hmm. on Cain's. Mm-hmm. And Cain was very wroth 
and his countenance fell. Oh, interesting. And we had discussed in at that time, mm-hmm. we looked into the word countenance and found out the Hebrew version of that is the word face. And so literally, you can treat this as Cain's face fell away. He, he stopped looking at God. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Cain, you can say at this moment, Cain is the first one to fall away, mm-hmm. essentially. Now you can say, well, Adam and Eve, they sinned. That's true. They chose themselves, but they said, no, God, we're sorry. They mm-hmm. stayed with God. Right. Cain is the first one to, to you know, he's, um, he's done this act. And then he goes on, kills his brother and just runs off and basically says, I'm, I'm done with God. Mm-hmm. And he never comes back. Mm-hmm. So Cain, his face, he stopped looking at God. His face turned away. Right. Now, as, as Brad and I went on in Cain's lineage, and I'll briefly summarize here, uh, we looked through Cain's lineage and the mm-hmm. names and what they meant. Mm-hmm. Because what, uh, what I was wondering is if you look up the names of Shath or Seth's lineage, right. it gives the plan of God, plan of salvation in their names. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, what about Cain's lineage, Cain's lineage? Mm-hmm. What does it say? And you can see a very clear distinction of a growth of sin where we get to the very end and we we see the Antichrist revealed hmm. in Cain's lineage. Mm-hmm. And, and and at the very end, it, show, it basically says, uh, it gets to a point where you're not only sinning and in complete rebellion, you're reaching out and trying to get others to sin too. Mm-hmm. So what did we have in Cain's lineage? Someone who fell and we're getting to people who are causing others to fall. Right. And what did we talk about earlier? Uh, about in Cain's lineage, we see people in his lineage who suddenly have all this secret knowledge. Mm-hmm. It, it, we, we see in the Bible, it talks about people who suddenly this man uh, became the father of this. And this man became known as the father of that. And this man, you know, he's a worker of all cutting instruments and brass and iron. And we went back to Enoch, and it explains, again, as a historical text, not calling it scripture, it explains how the angels came and said, we're going to give knowledge to our sons and their families. Mm -hmm. And it gave them forbidden and hidden knowledge. And what do we have? Mm -hmm. We have the sons of these, Mm -hmm. uh, of the angels and the women Mm -hmm. who are Mm -hmm. defined as causing men to fall. Right. I'm not seeing a coincidence there. Oh, no. I'm seeing this all lines up spiritually. This is an ancient aliens episode. <laughs> I'm telling you. I am telling you. They always talk about the secret knowledge. Like, yeah. how could they have done that? How could they have known all of this? How could they do this? Now, part of that does irritate me because it's like, come on, we weren't stupid. You know, uh-huh. we have brains. Even in those days, we had brains, so we yeah. we still have knowledge. We still have, you know, what God has given us. Uh-huh. However, the pyramids, yeah, how were they created? You know, they've tried to do experiments nowadays, and they can't make them work, and they can't get it figured out. And they're like, even if we have a bunch of people, we can't make this work. We don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. Could it have been aliens? And I'm like, well. <laughs> Depends on your definition of aliens. Could it yeah. be Nephilim? Absolutely, it there's, could have. There's or, or the angels, right. the, the the parents, the parentage of the, the Nephilim. Correct. Yes. Well, imagine you have a a, a giant person. Uh, a lot of ancient structures have very tall, wide doors. Right. 
you know, for what purpose? For what purpose? Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. You know, they they entrances that you can get in and out very, very, very wide. A lot of ancient structures. Right. And you know, popular because of like uh, the Ten Commandments, which wonderful movie. But but they have instilled this image in our heads that it was the the Hebrews being forced to oh, barely get these boulders into place and whatnot. Right. Well, imagine just being you know, even a little bit taller and a little bit stronger, it would take, you know, if, if one man, mm-hmm. one giant man was able to do the work of 10 of those slaves, you wouldn't need as many, mm-hmm. right. you know, I mean. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. if they had some secret knowledge that has been lost through mm-hmm. the ages because mm-hmm. of the flood or because exactly. of other things that the, mm-hmm. the, the sons of Elohim gave right. to humanity. And I, ha- I have nothing, have, yeah. I have nothing to back this up, but I have always had this image in my head that when we were, before we were fallen, when Adam and Eve walked with God in the garden, God would would show him the creation, and, and he, yeah. she would go, Adam, if you mix this and this, you can get a new uh, bandage, or you can mm-hmm. do this and this, and you'll have a cure for whatever. Or I, I put this plant in yeah. and water it, and water well, they didn't water, but, <laughs> but put this in, and things will happen. Mm-hmm. I feel like God was showing us His creation. Uh-huh. I think these angels, in their bastardized version of, of events, mm-hmm. did the same thing. Oh yeah, their, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, for the opposite purpose, though. Yes. Yeah. For the opposite purpose. For their mm-hmm. own glory, rather than God's exactly. Glory. Now, a cool thing. I'll get into the word picture of Nephil, and it is Nun, Fe, Yod, Lamed. And what do we just say? These sons, these descendants of these angels, were mm-hmm. causing men to fall. Right. Essentially. Mm-hmm. And and again, I see that as a picture of what you were talking about. Are these where Hercules came from? Are, there, mm-hmm. are these these mm-hmm. Nephil, uh, are mm-hmm. they are they the thoughts of, of Zeus mm-hmm. creating an offspring, the demigods, the, mm-hmm. the 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 false images of all these pantheons of gods and their mm-hmm. offspring being these demigod incredible is that where all those myths came from? Right. We see in the word picture <laughs> For for this noon means seed, offspring, descendant. Mm-hmm. Fe means mouth, word, uh, to command, uh, among other things. Yod means arm and hand. It means a work, a deed, an accomplished thing. So what do we have right here before the last one? We have the descendants with their mouth and with their deeds. And then Lamed is... Pushing forward, urging, mm-hmm. urging towards. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what? What are they doing? Mm-hmm. The, in the very word picture of these, we yeah. show that they're leading us towards false gods. Oh yeah. They um, and one of the the word picture a possible interpretation I came up with was the offspring of the watchers inserted mm-hmm. commands, closes upon, and controls. Mm-hmm. And another one I said the offspring commands others towards evil deeds. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah. We're seeing a picture of what you guys are talking about. I want you to talk about it because I, I know what I think too, but I want to get into it. So go. So yeah, go. this is a good time to do that. Okay. Well, uh, we mentioned it briefly in the last podcast that, um, I, so I feel like the, the, the children of God, the children of Elohim or the sons, sons of God, sons of Elohim. I feel like those are the basis of some of these ancient Phoenician, uh, Greek, Roman gods, uh, and my and my my logic behind that was in those stories 
those were gods that you did not want to encounter mm -hmm. because they were they usually like to torment and abuse us they mm -hmm. like to they were uh, spiteful they, they were, were petty they had they had very negative emotions mm -hmm. uh, associated with them um, we in modern in modern society we like to glorify Zeus and the and the and all mm -hmm. the gods of Mount Olympus and all that kind of stuff, but mm -hmm. really look at their characters. We look at Disney's Hercules. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Right. And so then you get to a point, and and of course my other evidence of this idea is that when an, uh, when one of God's angels, one of God's actual messengers, appears somewhere in in Scripture. A lot of times people will start to bow down and, mm -hmm. and give them glory. Oh, wow, you're mm -hmm. amazing. So there, there's something amazing about them that immediately you go, wow, this is something. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if they're just bigger in stature, they glow, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You go, wow, that's a god. And they bow mm -hmm. down and they start to worship. Mm -hmm. But angels that are actually from God, messengers from, from God, will go, whoa, stop worshiping me. Mm -hmm. Worship him. Right. Right. You know, that, that there's mm -hmm. multiple times where that happens. Mm -hmm. Well, if these god, if these fallen gods are lower G gods, um, if they, somebody worships them, give it to me. Mm -hmm. Give uh -huh. me more of it. Right. You know, yes, I am better than you. I am more powerful than you. I have more knowledge than you. Yes, I deserve your worship. Mm -hmm. And now we're seeing that they're trying to push us away right. from God because mm -hmm. they want that for themselves. Right. Uh, but then, yes, I also see that uh, then we can we'll come into the giant uh, situation here. And I feel like those are a lot of the demigods and other things that are mentioned in other, uh, mm -hmm. you know, these are the Hercules. These are the, they're the mm -hmm. mighty ones, the ones of renown. Um, that makes me think of people who were of legend. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, okay, it says those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown doesn't name them but who were the men of old right mm -hmm. who were the men of renown clearly moses knew that the people who read that would know who that was right mm -hmm. well and if the bible is for us yeah then who is that zeus look at zeus zeus is the perfect example of this zeus was a tyrant he was a terrible terrible person if you will yeah. Terrible guy. He had multiple offsprings with multiple people, some of them uh, women of Earth, mm -hmm. because yep. Hercules was his kid. And Hercules, mm -hmm. as you said, a demigod. What is what is Hercules? He's a giant. And he's... Immensely strong. Immensely yeah. strong. He's half God mm -hmm. and half man. He is a Nephilim. That's, that's exactly who they're talking about. Mm -hmm. The mighty men of old. Also, let's look at humans. Humans don't worship something that's not giving them results. We are not patient. <laughs> right? You say that again. Okay, so if I'm... So hurry up. If I'm, I know, right? <laughs> so if I'm praying to something for a while... And, and that something is not doing anything for me. I'm going to give up and just be like, okay, clearly you are not a God that I want to worship, okay? Mm -hmm. And people are not going to continue to worship something that is dead and not giving them anything. And the good news for most religions in this time period is, well, that God wasn't doing it for me, so I'm going to move on to you. Right. But so I believe that these were actual creatures. These were actual mm -hmm. gods 
saying, hey, I'll do this for you because they continued to worship them. We have, mm-hmm. we have the temples to mm-hmm. Diana. We have the temples to Zeus still. Yeah. We've unearthed them. Why would they build temples to them? Athena, Why would they... Ares, all of these. All yeah. of them. And we know the names and we have planets named after these gods. And mm-hmm. we have days of the week named after these gods. Yeah. And why, if they weren't real and couldn't do anything for anybody, would we even have a remembrance at all? Yeah. We wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. If it was just someone coming up with stories, hey, hey isn't this fascinating? What about that? And can you imagine someone just saying, what about this? And everyone around them, I mean, not just their own circle of friends, but the entire nation and all peoples everywhere going, yeah, why not? Sure. And let's, let's go in a hundred percent and build these temples and, and create these giant constructs when it's just a fairy tale to nothing. And they're not. They're just guessing and they're having fun with it, essentially. Well, I even think uh, uh, Satan likes to have his own versions of things that God has created. He, sure. he likes to manipulate. Mm-hmm. So I think even Mount Olympus is oh, yeah. a bastardized version of oh, Zion or... It absolutely you know, is. Yeah, I, I think, absolutely. And, and, and what's interesting to me is cultures that were separated all have gods mm-hmm. they all know of gods they all had they all had a system of worship they all mm-hmm. had they all made altars doesn't matter where they were in the world well that's because at this point in history we're all one mm-hmm. race one tongue exactly and we're eventually going to get scattered yep. but we're going to take all of those legends and stories with us wherever we go in the world mm-hmm. and that's why they look the same mm-hmm. yeah the gods of olympus and you said the phoenicians and the Egyptians, the Romans, the Egyptians, the, they all I would say Native have, Americans. Yeah. yeah. I would say the Mayans. They all have similar Odin. characteristics. Odin, perfect example. Yeah. The Norse gods, the Norse gods and the Greek gods. I mean, you could just mix them up and you probably mm-hmm. couldn't tell the difference at all, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But look where Norway is, where, where the yeah. Norse people are, and look at where the Greeks are. They're not next to each other on the map mm-hmm. at all, right? So, yeah. I mean, obviously, we have the same origin from somewhere. They've done research to show that cultures that were separated and should have had no inter- interaction whatsoever have similar names and meanings for all the constellations in the sky. Right. Yeah. Uh, every almost every culture. I think. I, I, um, I think there's like total four hundred different flood myths mm-hmm. from almost yeah. every culture on Earth that has, has a, flood a flood myth. Yep. You know it, this. This, to me, gives the absolute best credit that we were all one people, one time, oh, right. one language. Absolutely. And we eventually got, you know, okay. separated. I was going to do some of this in the other part. But I was going to say, do why don't we stop now? Because, yeah. Okay. yeah, some of this will go on <laughs> yeah, with yeah. the other part. Yeah. But um, I, I didn't want to stop you guys. You were on a roll. And <laughs> I love it when that happens. Uh, but Genesis 6-4, there's a couple other things I want to point out. Mm-hmm. Um, he says... The Nephilim, and the Hebrew is Ha-Nephilim, were on the earth in those days and also after that. And I just wanted to point out, this is a minor point, but I think it's important. They were on the earth. And Mm -hmm. that is, earth is number 776 in Strong's Concordance. We've gone over this before. It's Eretz. Mm -hmm. And it's the same word in Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, Elohim created the heaven and the earth. 
and they are distinct and separate. And I think it's important. Now we see this, they were on the earth in those days. So it's kind of a time period. I'm defining a time. But I think the fact that they were on the earth is also important to mention. Because of their parentage, it should not be assumed that they cannot travel between dimensions or travel to heaven mm-hmm. or, or fly or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think he was pointing out for a reason the Nephilim were limited to the earth. Mm-hmm. It's just me. Yeah. But I, you well, know, we can't assume that they would have known that. Right. Sorry. Did you, no, no. Did I interrupt? No, no, no. No. That just makes me think of uh, like um, Icarus and he, he couldn't fly without the wings Mm-hmm. that his father gave him mm-hmm. you know yeah it makes me think okay he he was stuck to the earth so his father tried to use his secret knowledge secret mm-hmm. wisdom mm-hmm. to to help him transcend didn't work well though no no he, he yeah yeah we, we know how and that. i wonder if that myth mm-hmm. came from something where something he was trying you know lines. and and he fell and died uh-huh. you know mm-hmm. when his father didn't you know, his father didn't succumb to the same fate. His father knew better in right. some way. Uh, but yeah, but like you think, you think of Zeus and mm-hmm. all of these others living up on Mount Olympus, living above the earth. Right. But Hercules, Perseus, all of these others, they were limited. They were, they were demigods. They were, mm-hmm. they, they had extra powers maybe, but they were mortal essentially. Mm-hmm. They were on the earth. And I think it's important to note. I think that's part of what it's saying here. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Genesis 6, 4, the same were the mighty men that were of old, the men of renown. Now, I looked up were, and only because in the King James, it says the, these became. And there is a little difference there. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to look up what the Hebrew word for that. And what I found out is there is no Hebrew word for that. Hmm. What I found out was the Hebrew word is they. So hmm. this word, the same, mm-hmm. that's what the Hebrew, that's what this mm-hmm. is pulling from. Were is implied. Were is never stated. It um, Strong's Concordance one nine nine two is the word chem or hema, and it is the masculine plural of nineteen thirty one, meaning he. Okay. So it just means they. Just means they. So, so the were is implied. Now I can get the justification of the King James changing it to became, mm-hmm. you know, because you think well when they're born and they're like one and two years old, they're not. They didn't come out. Hey, there's a mighty man. You know, they, they <laughs> right. became over time. But essentially, I think were is just better in the Hebraic thought process. My thought on that, when you said became, I was like, because they established themselves. Yeah. They said, mm-hmm. hey, follow us. Mm-hmm. They became yeah. almost decided in a way. They said, hey, we are to be worshipped. Worship us. Yep. Now, the only reason I point that out is because I'm not against that. Right. But in the Hebrew thinking, mm-hmm. that word is never actually said. It's just sort of, in In fact, the, the definition just says he, or it's they, them, mm-hmm. you know, plural. Yeah. And then in parentheses, it says were. So like right. it's implied, but not stated. So in yeah. the original Hebrew, if we translated it directly, this verse right here would just be, they, the mighty men of old, the men of renown. Right. So it wouldn't say they were the mighty men uh, that were of old. I think we get the same context. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, I'm not going to say that the words don't matter because obviously the words matter, but 
I don't think it matters if the were is there or not in this particular instance. No. I think to say they, right. the mighty men, the men of yes. renown. Yeah. I, it, just I think it's the same. The only reason I looked it up is because I thought were and become are a little different. And what I found out is, right. well, there's no, neither one, neither one really yeah. exists in Hebrew. It's right. just they, the mighty men, which we get. The reason the King James added it is because the in English. the English language, right. that means, right. you know, and I totally agree with them translating it that way. Right, right. But then next, oh, this is kind of cool. This is just a little thing. They, the word picture. You think of they, meaning several people, right? Mm -hmm. The interpretation is the chaos. <laughs> That's that. You know, it's just you think of mm -hmm. people. Think of going to the. I thought of going to the Iowa State Fair and people oh, watching, right. oh, yeah. and it's just the people just yeah. everywhere. It mm -hmm. can also be translated as the water, and and you think of just water like moving, raging. yeah, because uh, prophetically. Uh, uh, the sea is is like a, a picture of humanity. And I thought of that in this. Hmm. You know, they, mm -hmm. meaning the water, the chaos. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of flowing. The, you know, you see people mixing and mashing and like, yeah. that fit for me. Yeah. So now I looked up mighty. The same were mighty men. And this is Gibor. This is where we get Giborim. Uh, so right here, now it doesn't define it as it doesn't define it at this point in giants, mm -hmm. but Gibor mm -hmm. is one of the other words that can be defined as a giant. Mm -hmm. But again, the primary uh, definition is powerful mm -hmm. by implication, a warrior or a tyrant. Mm -hmm. It can also mean a giant or a mighty one. So they interpreted it here as the same were the mighty ones mm -hmm. of old. But you could translate it as saying the same, the Nephilim, were the giants of old. Mm -hmm. So you can, mm -hmm. you know, it's just an yeah. extra emphasis. Mm -hmm. For the tyrants, like Zeus. The tyrants, yeah. exactly. Um, now the word picture, Gimel, Beit, Vav, Resh, my possible interpretation, pride in your own household or in the household, put the nail in the most high. Hmm. So, and that made me think, so, I mean, pride in themselves, they wanted Jesus dead. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. They want, you know, this is the whole, <laughs> Satan's whole plot from the beginning is, is to end this that. salvation, right. you know, of, of God's, that is a salvation plan. Right. But that made me think, what did we just say? The Nephilim were the ones who caused people to fall. Mm -hmm. And this is pride in their household. Mm -hmm. It's talking about the pride in, in themselves and I went back to Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction and mm -hmm. a haughty spirit before a fall. Mm -hmm. And this is where we get pride cometh before the fall. Right. Hmm. And yeah. it's defining them as they had pride in their own household mm -hmm. and they're causing people to fall. I just, it's like, it's wrapping it all up. Yeah. So, and then renown. And you mentioned this earlier. And it comes into this fact. Everyone knew them. Renown, right? Mm -hmm. Renown means... Mm -hmm. Uh, and this is fascinating because we've gone over this word before. It is the same word as Noah's first son, shame. And it means an appellation, a mark, a memorial of individuality. Hmm. It, uh, it also means famous, hmm. named. In fact, the Hebraic Roots version says the men of renown can be interpreted the men of the name. Hmm. Uh, That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so... What do we have? 
It's making a statement that these were famous people. Mm -hmm. These men were known by everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone on earth knew of these people. So this, to me, talks goes right in line with what you guys are talking about. These are the stories of the gods and the demigods and causing men to fall away from God. So now, again, wrapping all of this up, uh, okay, that was a physical interpretation. That was what's going on. What does it mean to us spiritually? What is going on? Who were the giants? Who were the, uh, the things causing us to fall away? I see this uh, as not limited to this, but like the ideas, the philosophies mm -hmm. that are causing men to fall away. Mm -hmm. The, pardon me, the, the it, not just um, Allah, uh, Buddha, mm -hmm. uh, uh, mm -hmm. Hinduism, uh, all of the false religions, so to speak, uh, that are that are giants. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, follow me. I've got power. I've got control. I've got you know uh, whatever. Uh, I am mighty. Come my way. But also, uh, just just the selfishness of man. Mm -hmm. Just the 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 mm -hmm. philosophies of man. Mm -hmm. The the just atheism and and Nietzsche science and the science. Theory of evolution. The theory the, of evolution. Yeah. The thought that. You know, look at the giant, you know, mm -hmm. that says um, science has disproven God. And, you know, mm -hmm. we how dare you and your mm -hmm. pathetic little, right. you know, we are standing up here above you. That whole, but, but it's not just that. It's anything in your own lives mm -hmm. that is a powerful thing. And we've talked about this before. Uh, for me, it, you know, it was lust. It was pornography. That was my giant that had power and authority and and like you mentioned before, I'm glad you said that. If these th these things were real, and so people followed them, why would people follow something they weren't getting a benefit from? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible says there is sin for a season. What's your sin? Is it hatred towards people? Do you just find enjoyment in that? It feel, makes you feel powerful hating people. Is it gossip? Is mm -hmm. it is it knowing things about people and spreading rumors and feeling you're but you're better than they are and that the power that goes along with that, everything like that is a giant mm -hmm. in our own life, mm -hmm. and the Bible is saying these giants are leading, causing you to fall, mm -hmm. and we've got to kill the giants in our lives. Right. So that was something I thought of. Um, is is for each one of us, we have nephilim in our lives mm -hmm. yeah. that have to like David go down and have the head cut off. Yeah. And then go after his whole family and go after his whole family. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Wow. So, no, I like sound that. cool. That's yeah, that was good. Okay. So we have a little more to talk about. And, and, and again, you guys have gone over a lot of it already now, but let's, we'll, we'll rehash it. We'll, we'll cover a little bit more ground on the conversation piece. Cause I do have a couple yeah. other things I haven't mentioned here. I do too. Good, good. <laughs> but, um, I, I, you guys think that's a good place to stop? Do you have anything yeah. to add on to this? I don't think so. I, I okay. yeah, we got plenty to add in the conversation. So, yeah. um, people I recommend right now, head on over to the conversation on uh, April 9th, 2021 for part two. All right. <laughs> um, good. So as always, uh, this has been Scott. Cooney. And this has been Brad. And as always, this is not about us. <laughs>